You're listening to Stocks for Docs, a podcast to educate healthcare professionals to build wealth through value investing in the stock market. I'm your host, Dr. Vivetta Lobo. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Stocks for Docs. I am your host, Dr. Vivetta Lobo, and thank you so much once again for joining us. It is just the middle of February and the weather is starting to warm up where I am and I hope everyone had a great Super Bowl weekend. I could not stop raving about that halftime show. I am definitely a child of the 90s. Well, not a child. I wasn't a child in the 90s, but you know, I loved the music of uh, that time and who would have thought that Dr. Dre and Eminem and Mary J. Blige and Oh, 50 Cent would be considered the old rappers, but there they were doing their thing and it was phenomenal. I really couldn't stop reeling about it. And so I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did, regardless of who you're rooting for. The Super Bowl is just so much more and it's always nice to see everyone coming together, sort of to celebrate our purpose, you know, that sense of community and unity, which I've really missed over the last two years now with COVID. It is nice to have some level of normalcy uh, back in our society. So it was very much a fun weekend for us as well. So let's get started on this week's episode. And today we're going to talk about inflation. Now, this is something that's been on the news quite a bit if you've heard or listened to anything recently, but it's sort of been a buzzword. It's come up a couple of times and the the natural thought for me or for any investor is, well, okay, what really is it and how does it affect my decision to invest or does it affect my decision to invest? What's it going to do to the stocks that I have or the stocks that I want to purchase in the near future? Should I hold back? Is there, you know, particular companies that I should consider? And, you know, just really, what is it? It's kind of this like vague term, but truly, how does it relate to everything that we just talked about? So we're going to try to sort of deconstruct some of that for you, or I am going to kind of talk you through some of these definitions and make these relationships and how at least I think about it and what the literature and what um, some of the experts out there say as well. So going to your basics, just the definition of inflation. So if you read it up, sort of, you know, Googled it, it'll say inflation measures how much more money a set of goods or services has become over a certain period of time. What does that mean? That basically means, you know, if you were paying $5 for milk and now it's $7, that's a marker of inflation. You know, what happened? Now, every year, if you think about it, you know, even if over the past 10 years, every year, there's an expected increase in prices, you know, every year, a little bit, there's this mark of inflation where we sort of accept in our society, right? So anything 2% or less is what is normal inflation. Every year, if nothing else changes, we expect prices to go up about 2%. And that would be normal. But if it starts to go up 5, 6, 7% or more, then we say, okay, this is now getting into a period of high inflation. And there are several factors for why that may come to be. But what is it now? Now that we are here, what does that mean? 
Another way to measure inflation in a sort of a more objective way that you might hear people talk about is called the Consumer Price Index or the CPI. You can Google this and you'll sort of get a, you almost get a graph that'll come up. And basically, it measures the average change over time in the prices paid by urban consumers like you and me for things that we need on an everyday basis, like food, transport, medical care. And so it kind of assesses the change in the cost of living. And so it's a measure of inflation. So you can sort of check the consumer price index at any point to see okay, kind of where we are. So I'll give you an example. You know, in 2020, 2021, we were kind of within that 2% or actually less than 2% infla- inflation rate. But over the last 12 months, at the end of January of 2022, we went up to over 7%. I think it was 7.5%. So that is sort of when all of this news started to accumulate and people started talking about it even more, because now that's clearly a high period of inflation. And before we start talking about how that directly impacts stocks and equities and companies, let's take it a step back and kind of understand now the relationship of inflation with interest rates, because I think interest rates is sort of the basis of why a lot of these might actually be driven up as well, or how these are affected. So let's walk this through. When we say interest rates, what are we talking about? We're talking about the rate that banks set for giving out loans for your savings account that will earn you an interest rate. You know, all of these different types of rates, your mortgage has an interest rate. And these rates are set by the banks, but actually they're set by the U.S. Federal Reserve, right? The U.S. Federal Reserve will sort of set these rates, which the banks will then follow and then carry on to you. So when interest rates go up, consumers will tend to save more because you could put your money in a savings account and now earn more money. You don't want to take out loans or spend more money because now you have higher interest rate to borrow against. And so you spend less, the economy goes down overall, which in turn will drive your inflation down. So interest rates go up, inflation will go down eventually. Versus the opposite. When interest rates go down, well now people will borrow more money. They will use more money the economy will go up and that will in turn drive your inflation up. A prime example of the relationship of interest rates and economy we just saw in the real estate market. The mortgage rates were at an all-time low recently, which then allowed lots of people to go out and borrow and get loans at a low rate to buy homes. So people went out and started buying all of these homes which then shot up the prices and the economies of real estate. And so then real estate prices went through the roof and have been at an all-time high recently. And that is sort of what was expected to happen. So then is inflation good or bad to investors in equity and stocks like you and me? Well, that's actually kind of unclear. I went back and I tried to look at like historical data and I looked at, you know, what some of the literature and history says, and they really come to this. They say there's not really a great answer. 
investors kind of, there's a lot of confusion when it comes to inflation and its relationship, but there's a couple of principles or there's a couple of things that have become clear over time. Historically, value stocks will perform better during inflation and growth stocks will perform worse. And we've already seen that trend in 2022. If you look at the stock market now versus what it was a year ago, growth stocks have definitely taken a downturn and have become worse over the last short period of time. And value stocks have taken less of a hit and kind of perform, at least are performing better. If you look at the S&P 500, for example, over the last many, many years, you can tell that the years where inflation was lower, 2 to 3%, the S&P 500 did its best. So at least drawing from these examples, you can tell, well, overall, inflation is not great for stock market investors like you and me. And why is that? I mean, I try to think of it in a very simplistic way. And I'm like, well, that's because when you have inflation, it sort of messes with the numbers. And there's this concept of a real return that it is particularly important with inflation. You can invest in something and say, okay, I'm going to get 20% return on that. And that would be 20%. That 20% is going to be able to buy my Lamborghini. Great. But what will inflation do? Even in that in 10 years time, you say, which is what you're waiting for your 20%. Well, that 20% that you're going to get now is not going to be able to buy your Lamborghini because what? Your Lamborghini price went up. And so your purchasing power in 20, in 10 years, the 20% purchasing power in 10 years is not quite the same. And so that's sort of what inflation does. It kind of messes with your future returns or the value of your future returns. And so there's this concept of what a real return is. You kind of have to compensate for the inflation and not just get your 20%, but get your 20% plus the rate of inflation to offset it in order to truly get 20% worth of value of what you're putting in. I hope that makes sense because it is a little confusing, but I try to think of it in terms of actual examples. And so like if we go back to our Lamborghini If our Lamborghini is going to cost us $500,000 today and I can make my my investment is going to give me that $500,000 or expected to, unfortunately, 10 years from now, $500,000 is not going to be enough to buy that Lamborghini. And now you should have made $600,000 in order to buy it. And so you kind of have to not just, you have to increase what you're expecting to get in order to offset that inflation amount. And so Warren Buffett talks about it a little bit in that, you know, inflation really is the investor's enemy. And there's this combination where the rate of inflation rate plus the taxes that you're going to have to pay on whatever return you're going to get, be it your your dividends or on your capital gains, should sort of create this new index. And he calls it the Investor Misery Index or IMI in mind, or you can abbreviate it IMI. And that means that you have to make more than enough to outweigh the inflation and your taxes that are going to be due in order for you to still come out your real return to still be a positive, effective number and not be negative. So then what are good investments to make during an inflation period? 
Well, think about what happens to companies during inflation too. The cost of everything is driven up. So even for a company to run and operate, if they need power and materials and supplies, all of that purchasing power for them is also changed and they're going to have to pay more for the same amount of products and supplies in order to you know, run their business and do what they need. So companies that can do two things, One, companies that can keep their capital down and keep going. So their capital cost doesn't dramatically increase. They can sort of find alternative ways to keep their capital down, to keep going and manufacturing and producing whatever it is their business is doing is a plus. And also companies that can increase their prices early on without losing the market share or a bunch of their customers who can easily turn to somebody else who has a cheaper option is also a plus. But who's going to do that, right? If I am purchasing a good from somebody and all of a sudden they increase their price by 10% and I have an option to buy the same good somewhere else for 10% cheaper or 20% cheaper, then why would I not do that? Well, that's because of a moat. I remember what a moat is. We're going to go back to our basics. A moat is that competitive advantage that a company has. For example, if I am an Apple consumer, if I have an Apple iPhone and all my all my apps, all you know, all the stuff that I use on a daily basis, my entertainment for work, my family network, everybody else, my laptop, my iPad, they're all Apple. Well, the cost of me switching from Apple because Apple just went on a 10% increase in price is so high on a personal level and it's so much of a headache that I'm not going to do it. I'll probably just pay the 10% increase, which is exactly what we do every time, right? Like I have an iPhone. I've had an iPhone for, you know, 15 years. Well, in 2012, the iPhone cost $600. 2018, it went up to $800. And in 2022, it's over $1,000. But guess what? I still own an iPhone because I because its moat is so strong and I won't change. And so I'd rather pay the increase. And so if you can sustain a business like that, where your consumers will continue because your moat is really strong and you can keep your capital costs, you know, at a, at a, a reduce it or kind of keep it in check, Those are the businesses that are going to do really well in an inflation. And those are the companies that you would want to consider investing in because you would expect that they would continue to do well. And so it all comes back to what we've always been talking about, which is your value stocks, your value companies. That when we invest in companies, you want to always think of those four basic principles and they should meet those four basic requirements when you talk about investing in a company. One is that, which we just talked about, was the moat. It has that competitive advantage. Two, it's something that you can understand. It's, it's, a, it's an industry or a field or a commodity that you use. Three, that it's run by decent people, that it has good leadership, you know, something that you can get behind. And four, that you're buying it at a price that's a fair price. Now, I will say that because equity and prices tend to fall during inflation, if you look at the stock market right now, we're seeing this, it is a good time for an investor to get into the market. 
If you've been waiting for a, a, a company to be on a discount, if you've been waiting for companies to be on sale, this is a good time to do that, to, to keep a close eye because companies do tend to drop their prices during these large inf inflation periods. And this might be, as a value investor particularly, a good opportunity to get into the market. So that's sort of the nuts and bolts of inflation, kind of what it is, how it affects your interest rates and the overall economy and consumers, and what does it mean for your investing principles and your investing practices as far as companies go. So again, I still think there's opportunity to invest during inflation. I actually think that the companies that we should be investing anyways, the true value companies that we talk about, will hold strong and will continue to hold well during inflation if they have those values and characteristics that we have been talking about. So and with that, I'm going to close today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I would love to hear your comments and thoughts. If you think there are particular companies that are great to invest in in inflation, please talk to me and let me know. Send me a, a, a message or an email or on any of our social media platforms. Uh, I'm always looking for ones to add, but you know, I think I'm going to keep a close eye in the near future as our times are changing uh, um, pretty drastically in the finance world. I hope you all stay well until next week. Take care, be well, and cheers. Stocks for Docs is a podcast designed to educate healthcare professionals on building wealth through value investing. Take the first steps towards securing your future and listen weekly. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn as Stocks for Docs.